0: Um, I think I I see the task at hand is maybe a slightly different. I uh, I see myself. I mean, it's it's uh, the snake is eating its own tail here. But you're coaching me to be a designer so that you can be a player of this game in which I'm the client of that, you know, that stimulus is remaking itself to better provide ser- a service to, to an outcome. Um, Well, the first thing I could do is, is send you home with these tools, <laughs> so that you can also follow along and prototype. So, like giving, so as kind of a base environment for working in a lab with stimulus, everyone has access to these prototyping tools. Um, The yeah and I mean at its simple so, so taking up kind of like using Rome as a as a thought tool to generate content it's just like you know it's a pretty simple input input output process like a factory you know um, thoughts ideas and concepts go into Rome I do thinking on them. I write on them in Rome, and then I organize them in in a way that is, like, you know, more publicly consumable. So, like, there's kind of this artificial barrier between Rome and the outside world. And, you know, Rome mirrors my thought processes more closely, whereas... Kind of the outputs or you know, more traditional ways of consuming content in the form of like an essay or a conversation or an interview or a how-to, educational, you know, opinion, etc. So in this game, there's there's kind of all of these in, potential inputs or resources that can be into Rome, there's actions or processes that can be taken on those resources that then converts them into um kind of enhanced or leveled up resources you know, going from like the raw to you know processed
1: ingredients and and how um how is there a conversion between the economies of lab studios and salons that mirrors the um, manufacturing line that you just articulated
0: well in a way they're like the processes or actions that can be taken they have inputs and outputs. You know, some task is taken up in a lab, something is done in the lab, and there's a result of that lab. And what I had done previous is just taken the output from one lab and used it as the input to another. Well, or not, not directly, actually. Just there was a processing of a lab into Rome that I think better helped me understand how to use it as a thinking tool.
1: I think to simply answer
0: your question, it's like to kind of keep it a closed loop. Like the outputs of the labs flow into Rome, and then Rome can be used as a as a resource
1: or a source of knowledge. For for the next lab. I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand how you see lab studios and salons as generating the content by which Rome gets filled so that Rome, a full Rome, uh, uh, a full Rome block then becomes a new input to a lab to begin the process over again. I guess I'm just not understanding. Is there, is there one process that's going on, or is there a bilateral process, one going on through the medium of Rome and the other going on through the medium of dialogue? Or are those the same?
0: Well, I think ideally Rome would would be, like, my interactions with Rome would be dialectical. Like, my thinking would be reflected in there in such a way where I can ask it questions or it's asking questions of me. I mean, it it will take a while, (laughs) I think, for there to be enough content and structure in that to, to, to provoke me in that way, but I mean I think that's that's the aim. What became what became clear to me in the reinterpretation of the prior lab from October 8th was it allowed me to – there was a reinterpretation in, in kind of some some logical and contextual um, thinking and reflection on what occurred. And I, I think we, we, we didn't necessarily take it up here, but we could take it up here. But We could take some of that content and use that as an assertion or an assumption or a hypothesis to then bring into the next lab. We, like, did a little bit of that in that I uncovered or discovered some metadata, some potential metadata for for labs, studios, and, and salons. So that was some input that I took from Rome into this lab, but we we kind of decided not to necessarily take that up as, as what we were, we were working on here necessarily. But what was missing is because I didn't reflect on, I hadn't had a chance to reflect on Tuesday's lab, just yet, I was like kind of too far behind in the backlog, I guess. But we could have taken up some of the processes through the game design process, like in in this lab. But it didn't come directly from from Rome in this
1: instance. In this instance. Yeah, I guess I I, w- I want to see if the and I'll, uh, so and I'll, uh, I guess I want to move into like expert consultant and uh, articulate for you in this recording how I see there to be a reciprocal process that the lab studios and salons enable as you go from Transcription into your database so that your database can then feed back into the creation of new dialogue through this, um, the, the means of production, um, of, of labs separate from salons, separate from studios. So
0: what, well, before you go into expert consul- consultant mode, like what has been absent in our dialogue that has not pushed or moved me to come to what it is that you wish to share with me?
1: I, I think you're looking at, um, you're, you're, you're looking, you're looking at the picture historically and not creationally. So you aren't realizing that this moment right now is an opportunity for you to narrate the blog post that you hope to have as an output from your Rome database that's being fed by a lab. And, and, and so the, the limit is that by only looking at the loop between um, uh, really Rome as an input or output to a lab or vice versa, you're missing the, the, the secondary cycle of putting labs in relationship to studios. And then you're missing also the third relationship, which is putting labs and studios into relationship with a, with a salon, which then initiates a new whole cycle of lab studio and salon. So, um, in other words, like, if you're not, you're not, you're not looking, you're not looking like I am right. right now.
0: Yeah. My my loop is like this, and your loop is like we're here looping in labs for a little while, but then we go out into a studio. Yeah. Back into a lab, then maybe back out to another studio, and then a lab. Right. But and then we get to the salon, and that's kind of like the right. outermost loop.
1: Yeah. So we don't know we don't know what the systems architecture is that allows for those three separate separate but Uh, interpenetrating loops to get animated for the, for remaking stimulus. Yeah. So what I was going to, why I was stepping into expert consultant mode was to begin like I'm doing now, articulate that to you and, you know, in a way you provoked me even further and allowed me to get out of expert consultant mode by asking me a question. So that was awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Kind of picking up the, the like customer acquisition or audience engagement kind of portion of lab studios and salons. I might be forcing Rome as kind of this tool that helps me like perpetuate or like the flywheel that that keeps the process going. I think that's kind of what I'm looking for in this and I, and Yeah, and it, it's not like I put something into Rome and something comes out of it. It's just like I go to Rome and discover or work with it in a way that, that then generates. Like that, because, you know, we'll probably go through like 10 or maybe even 20 lab cycles, I think, potentially before we like even have our first. Studio when there's like an outside participant i mean i don't know we we just haven't gone through enough loops, but I feel like it's kind of the 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 metastasize or not metastasizing the metabolizing of the labs through a tool for me like Rome that will generate the interest and or like potential value to someone to then participate into it in a in a studio i'm I'm trying to like see them as self reinforcing systems as you are describing them.
1: Yeah, and I think you would would further enhance your understanding of how to create the right tension strength inside of the mechanics that allow the crank to get turned more easily than the flywheel through seeing this moment right now as a Potential studio moment, um, at, at the same time as seeing it as a potential salon moment that a future viewer is going to watch as mm-hmm. if it's a, its own finished performance. So it's a finished performance to the degree to which the flywheel has been able to be created, but would, but our, the flywheel is also limited not only mechanistically by the rotation of, of Rome to labs and, and transcripts into the database, but also from the content structure relationship between the way that we're able to understand the, um, the dynamics of sort of the lab system encompassed by getting outside feedback from people beyond that of who've become insiders to our very like jargon mm-hmm. uh, full uh, dialogue now, you know, because we've created all of these n- meanings. Like we mean things because we've had, ex- we mean things when we use a term like game designer that has, imp has something implied to it. Like that's not, entirely right. because of the historicity be of these discussions yeah 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 so like we're saying yeah yeah like we know what we know what each other means because we've been a part of these experiences that's not necessarily the case to an outsider and what feels like an insider experience that has a lot of rich meaning to us may be non-transferable to an outsider who's listening to this in the future so we need to bring in that outside expert voice ideally who you know, can be a translator between a naive audience and an insider expert because they've been a part of these type of laboratory-like settings in the past. And, and I think we need to introduce that voice at some, time, at some point into our lab process, um, which would make it a studio, so that we can eventually get to this end state of whatever cycle that we're in right now being documented in the form of a salon to draw in this outside naive audience. Mm
0: -hmm. There's an interesting way in which Rome can act as that outside. It's kind of like a dumb outsider in that it's, it's, it's not, it's not an active participant. It's not like acting upon you or I, but, uh, it can be, you know, it can be structured and it can hold the information from the labs in such a way, like, yeah, there's a way I'm kind of progressively summarizing a lab by putting it into Rome, and then what I need to or can do in in Rome, there's, like, a a process that I go through inside of Rome to, like, de-jargonify it, de-contextualize it to, well, it's Nate and Chad, and kind of have it be this, like, naive participant or naive observer So that there's, that's kind of like a reformulation of it in, inside of Rome in the way it's structured and kind of the way I'm answering questions or asking questions of myself in, in interacting with it that can then be externalized either like back to us as participants in the labs or, or inviting actual outside participants in, into it. It also kind of keeps to this container of like, you know, the means of productions is like labs as studios and salons. And like, in a way me in conversation with my Rome database is like a lab of sorts. Mm. And like, I can do whatever, like hour long or half an hour long like sprints. Um, so that like, even when I'm working alone or you're working alone, you're like working in lo- alone kind of with these digital partners um, that's how i that's how i see like that's kind of like my ideal idealized like use of a tool like Rome. so yeah t- i mean talking about it is in terms of this like factory process where there's inputs and they're upgraded to some other kind of outputs is like just not doing it justice
1: Doing what justice?
0: Not doing Rome justice. Because, like, when I you know, I find myself when I'm interacting with it, it's like I'll I'll write something out, or I'll take notes on like what happened in a prior lab, and I'll put in a question in into it.
1: Can you can and we, then, can and then you demonstrate this to me? I I don't know what you mean. Can can Um, you? Can we like look at the screen and so I can understand this better?
0: This is kind of like a gross and unprocessed version, but.
1: So walk me, walk me through this. Like walk me, walk me through this as if I'm, I'm an outside expert giving you like you're looking for feedback on your artifact that you hope to turn into a studio for the public at some point in the near future. I'm Nate. I I work. I'm a partner in Now and Outcome. I'm an expert in lab studios and salons. Teach me about how you are using lab studios and salons in relationship to Rome so that you can begin to attract um, uh, clients and interested parties to stimulus.
0: It's a very nascent process, but and this is really just like my first attempt. Um, so there was uh there was an hour long lab that you and I are participants of. Here's the transcript. And what I did was listened to that transcript to and and, and read it to progressively summarize that lab and i think all i mean by progressively summarize is you know taking an hour's worth of text and distilling it into what i felt like were the more meaningful uh you know definitions questions um processes going on inside of that lab and so you can see that here um as I'm delineating this, this play by play, um, reflecting on the, you know, the Texas changes that we had had while we were still on the road, um, and, you know, there was a moment at 18 minutes where you kind of paused to reorient us. And that's when I came up with this idea of, of metadata um, where, you know, what kind of meeting is it, what roles, what interventions, where, what house and in, in what strata kind of are we taking up as a part of what's going on in those labs. So that was an interesting way of kind of tagging and tracking what's happening across labs. Um, this particular lab was kind of the first attempt at describing the now and outcome scenario planning game. And It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities and jumping-off points for for kind of writing and thinking about what it means to use labs, studios, and so on as means of production. Um,
1: I guess I'm not, of, I'm not I'm not am not trying to provoke you to like narrate your blog post now. I'm asking you instead in this moment to um, use the the little time that we have left to interact with this expert um, in lab studios and salons to further um, to further enhance what you're up to with stimulus. However you want to interpret that to use
0: you as expert participant or coach in this
1: lab. Yeah, I mean I'm an outsider to what you've done here. I'm not I am I'm an expert but in something something different from your own process. While there's a relationship between what I have an expertise in and what you are becoming an expert in, which is your own process. Um you know, I'm I'm an outsider to what you've done here just as you're an outsider to what I've done. And so I'm really here to serve you to use what you um, don't know about that I can offer you for my own expertise to enhance what you've created here or to use my point of view to help you see what's missing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm already seeing is missing is, is, structure to this. I mean, you know, clearly this is like this is mapped to my own brain and the way in which I'm thinking like in a way it's kind of indecipherable to you but what, what's a little interesting is like looking at reflections on wednesday and you can see i already began to have a discussion with myself where i'm asking myself questions mm-hmm. and so, so it's kind of question and then the answer more questions me answering it so in a way it's it's kind of Explicitly capturing, uh, s- certainly some logical thinking on my part, but uh, hopefully eventually dialogical, you know, contextual, maybe process thinking, but it's all kind of subconscious or subliminal. Just how I've been using it to date is. I mean, I, I just show up and I ask questions and then I, and then I answer them and then I re-ask more questions and answer them. That's kind of how I've been using Rome at, at the broadest level. And then what I did as a response to the lab was try to – I only got to the point of progressive summarization and I guess what I didn't do was ask myself questions based upon what had happened in that lab as like a, a jumping off point. So
1: yeah I mean maybe I, like what
0: questions are more or most interesting to you
1: yeah it's just not clear to me how the process that you're undertaking right now as it's exemplified here is ever going to turn into something that is decipherable to an audience that you want to uh the, an audience that you want to create through stimulus I agree
0: I mean, that's that's the struggle <laughs>
1: yeah so this isn't, you know, it's not, you know, while you could make this, well, why, why are you taking that away? <laughs> don't, don't be shy. <laughs> Let me get my fingers around this some more. Um, you know, while, while it's, um, while this makes sense to you because it's sort of the intuitive process that you're going through in relationship to yourself and the dialogues that you're a participant in, it's not clear how what you're doing here invites others to be in dialogue with you that are, you know, both non-experts and naive. Well, so what... and it's
0: not engaging you even as an expert and as a per- participant. Like, well, me just, just sharing. Yeah, go ahead. Me just ahead. sharing this this kind of uh, reinterpretation, because all I did was just share this page with you i i didn't like ask you to do anything with it i didn't ask you to engage with it in any kind of way and this in and of itself is not asking you to do anything either it's just it's just like meeting notes i sent you
1: right yeah it's there's there's a way that this is like impenetrable i read this you know and i i like don't know what to do um like i don't know what my task is here
0: well, I don't know how you could know. I mean, yeah. It's not
1: here. <laughs> well, cause what, cause it's, I don't think like, what, what do you want? It's not, that's not evident. What do you want to create? Like, what do you exper- What, what's your hypothesis? How are you testing? What are the success criteria? What are the constraints? How will you know if you were successful?
0: I think that I want – as a result of a lab, what I would like to have is a provocative assertion or question that I can then ask either the participants of that lab or outsiders Um to begin a new lab in which we take up that assertion or hypothesis or, 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 or test or experiment. Um, so maybe what I could have done, instead of sending this to you in its current form, Well, in a way, you already did it to, for me because your response to me was, hey, I actually thought and reflected on it and it, I'm seeing it in a new way. I see it totally differently. I actually, I actually think the output is not important. So for, and for you, that's, that's a like, relatively strong assertion that you're making and that could be a fun and interesting generative input for a lab or this lab. But you just like you just kind of beautifully and succinctly said it even without knowing it, because we did kind of take up that assertion at the beginning of this lab. We were reflecting on the the benefits or use of that that of the lab on Tuesday. I mean, for example, I could I could just take this concept or idea of like the dramatic question and, and and throw it back to us as well, what's what is what's the role what's the generative role that dramatic questions can play inside of these labs, you know? Or how might we re refocus or reinterpret it something like this based on what happens or what takes place in a lab? Like what what's the dramatic question that we're asking in labs instead of scenario planning games? That might be an interesting output from having reflected upon this. I'm kind of doing it in real time here, but I think this is inert and, as you said, kind of impenetrable. It's not, it's not asking anything of anyone. Because, like, in a way, we already moved past all of this. We're kind of like, in a way, this doesn't matter anymore.
1: What's, what's the salon moment that you are envisioning right now?
0: Well, I mean, none of this is, is anything game-like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: The salon moment is like we sit down to play a game.
1: I mean, is is this not like the raw puzzle pieces that are going to get assembled to build the game that we're going to then play?
0: Yeah, I think the well, distinction that's unclear to me is between is moving beyond labs into studios and then salons. Or maybe the, the, the labs and studios are kind of blurring together because we've already begun to like play test in a way, which maybe is like a, should be reserved for studios. Or maybe that's just when we invite outside participants. You know, so like the game design in initial play testing happens in the labs, more rigorous play testing in polishing happens in studios and salons as kind of like these big reveal moments where there's interesting, entertaining, both for the participants, but even like maybe people watching afterwards, like these people playing this game. So it's not, I think that's the difference of the salon. Like you could rewatch the salon and it, theoretically could or should be entertaining and educational. Whereas like the studio recordings maybe don't necessarily provide that. They might be helpful from like a game design educational perspective, but I don't I don't think there's like any entertainment value. Whereas I think maybe in the salon there is just because of kind of the broader nature of the audience and, and trying to
1: appeal to the broader audience. Mm-hmm. So so studios have educational value where salons have entertainment value while both have... They're both watchable. Yeah. They're both observable.
0: Yeah. Well, like, to the outside world. The labs are observable and should be observed by studio participants as well. But, like... So, like, studio participants watch labs and salon participants... Could, could watch the studios, but then anyone in the world could or should be able to watch salons. Mm-hmm. Sort of.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So those seem yeah. those those sound like the beginning set of a, a of a game dynamics. Just the like creation we did. of
0: these kind of media
1: assets. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like, yeah, like media asset creation, the media asset creation game was what you just articulated. Mm-hmm. The basic mechanics of it. There was algorithmic in the way that you just said it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a bunch of if this, then that statements.
0: Yeah. I mean, just an interesting analog so that I remember it, like um, there are actual play um tabletop role-playing games where like voice actors play Dungeons and Dragons and it has a huge audience like hundreds of thousands if not like a couple million viewers. The, the game master also from time to time hosts like prep sessions where he's preparing the scenario that he's running and he also has an audience for those sessions but he's just really like working on his adventure maybe kind of you know interacting with chat or whatever, like while he's doing that, but then there's also like preparation he's doing behind the scenes with just himself or maybe his like game designer game master nerd friends that's like generating that content for those sessions about adventure design that is then that he's then taking the output of that to run at the table with the other actors. It's just kind of the, the content. Stimulus is content is not a game, e.g., Dungeons and Dragons. It's like the game design process. the, the content is not a concept. That is so much as the content is a process. I think.
1: Fuck yeah!
0: Because it's more interesting to figure out the game that they create, not how, wh- what the how they play the game or how they play a game. So what are we playing to find out? We're playing to find out how cool of a game can be created, not how does the how does the, the game resolve?
1: How fun is the game? Or to who play? wins? Yeah. Yeah. Boom! Fuck yeah! Keep going.
0: yeah i mean I, i think what's missing for me is like i'll just call it like business applicability it's just like i don't know how to sell any i don't know how to sell this
1: i mean if you have a massive audience does it matter
0: Yeah. Well, you're kind of like changing my concept of the reason for the reasons for its existence is just for it to exist, not for it to be sold. <laughs> or, or
1: that's a, that's how you're reframing it for me. I mean, think of all the possibilities of things that you could sell if you had ten thousand people watching your shit. I mean, like, it, it, it. your 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 um
0: i have an i have an audience
1: of one you right now me yeah yes i love being the first customer it's like my favorite role i swear economically i love being like customer 1 like
0: there's a service that I signed up for like three years ago that I refused to cancel because I was the first customer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've even like tried to cancel and then the founder like reaches out and is like, hey, you know, just wanted to check in. I'm like, God damn it, Madeline. Like, I'm going to stick with the service. Yeah. Um,
1: right. It's like I want to be the customer who like signs the first dollar bill to like give to the laundromat.
0: Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I, I wanted to make it clear that, like, well or just point out that you're my first audience member because your reaction to me stepping into the game designer and coach role was, like, yeah, you just did it again. Your eyes go wide. <laughs> you're, like, whoa, that was, like, that was intense. That was cool. I had fun. Um you know I'd never seen Chad kind of in that mode or in that work in that way before um, so yeah i need I'd need to kind of just lean into what I did, how I did it to to engender that, and then you know do it in such a way that's like inviting of other people to participate I think. I came yeah, to you kind of, with a
1: need, though, too, right? I had a need. I need to de- develop a game so that I can get data to build a simulation. And I have, like, a very particular way that I want to work. And I've like, I've, like, educated you about that so that you can be a consultant to me. Like, I've taught you about lab studios and salons like we've like taught each other about dialectics and and um human development research we've read like a a bunch of books together like there's ways that i'm primed to be your first customer Mm -hmm. like you've taught me how to be a customer to you in ways Mm -hmm. and vice versa So that's what I'm suggesting is like for, for you to like ask what's, you know, how can I, how can I monetize this is premature because you don't have an audience that you've taught in order to be able to buy the service that you're creating. There is no demand because you haven't educated people to, to desire what you've created. Right.
0: well they didn't you know the like the world doesn't know this could exist let alone that it does <laughs> yeah i think because it, it I, I think it's very novel i mean even in just the game design world of like of of tabletop board games not that that's how i should th- limit my my audience Even the game creators themselves, even Jamie Stagmeyer, doesn't talk about... He talks a little bit about how he designed some of his games, but it's not... Through his Kickstarter
1: thing. But he doesn't go into how. He goes into what. It's like... Yeah. it's, It's like... How did I get, how did I raise money and what was my process for doing that? That's why it's a Kickstarter, you know, it's a Kickstarter book, not a game design book. It's Kickstarter for game designers, not game design for game designers to become like Jamie Stagmeyer. Right. Stonemeyer. How do you say it? It's Stonemaier. Stone,
0: Stone, Jamie Stonemeyer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe I just really want clients that I have worked with before or clients like them to be customers of this, whatever this is, But like you said, I just haven't educated them enough to know that they need it.
1: What is it? I mean, who who are those customers?
0: Like Reebok or Chris at Adidas. Like I really, and and maybe this is just like, I want to hold on to clients that I worked with before just because that's comfortable. But I'm like, oh, I would love to like have them as a client since in the, in this new version of stimulus. But like, I don't even. I'm still in the middle of this process of figuring out what stimulus is becoming. Not like it's just. It's still forming.
1: Well, but is there? I mean, I mean, what's Chris's like? D and I meets responsive game.
0: Yeah, or Tom. Tom's a. Agile game.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> or, Tom's, you think you need Agile, but you really don't game.
1: <laughs> you think you want Agile? <laughs> the game. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or, like, yeah, like, what's the responsive game for August? Or, um, You know, what, you know the brave new work game for, for Aaron or, or, or um,
1: yeah yeah I mean Aaron's a game designer don't you think that he would love to like have you interview him and then formulate a new game through lab studios and salons so that he like can externalize his thought process that you then turn into like media content and into a game a package game
0: Something that came to mind is um, Tucker Max has a whole service where they interview you and you get a book. Yeah. This is that but for games. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that that sounds pretty damn cool. Like Aaron's the only person in business that I know personally that that has created their own game. You know, there's lots of people that have written books. There's even people that have, you know, like thinking tools, you know, like the creative whack cards or the... Yeah. What about the Think Clearly
1: game? I mean, not that Matias has any money, but...
0: What do you mean the Think Clearly game?
1: What's the Think Clearly game? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. Think Clearly, the game.
0: Well, a funny aside: I'm playing a version of it with him because he has this whole new like chat-based mm. consulting mm-hmm. that I signed up for just because I was very curious mm-hmm. based on our prior conversations and how we thought we were playing the game through the text interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still coming at it from a very like expert consulting point of view, but. I think there's underlying structures in what he's doing. I mean, this is precisely why I paid the 30 bucks to try it out. Um, that could be turned into a game. I mean, he tried it because, like, he published these different cards for, like, thinking differently. Yeah. Um He had, like, strategic a strategic questions deck and a... I forget what the other one was. It was, like, maybe a visual deck. Uh, yeah. It's it's funny that you brought him up, actually.
1: It's all in your own database, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what if you, it, what if you, like, took the various experts that you love, who, whose products you are a customer of, and then turned that around and then sold them a the consulting service? as customer number one of this company, then. What
0: do you mean as customer number one? You as customer number one?
1: No, you were talking about how there's the service that you're, you were customer number one of. And it's like, it's like you take the disappointing things that are almost leading you to leave as like the design impetus to invite them into a consulting service to create a new a new product or service game. It's like a way that you help differentiate their revenue streams through a new product and service line.
0: Because they created it as a game
1: first? Or the game itself becomes the product and service line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's a revenue differentiator.
0: Right. Or it's the productized version of the
1: service. Could be. Or it's, it's creating a service out of an existing product. And how do you do that? You do that through this, like dialectical game design.
0: Mhm.
1: Hey, I need to um take a break. I'm a Yeah. I have another you're, you're, you're burned uh, I have another lab uh coming up in in an hour, in Definition 30 minutes. One, you, know, um, I, you know, I you know, what I said was uh that you can think about all the clients that you've had in the past as becoming experts to you and recreating stimulus. And, you know, in the past you, you, you had definition one of stimulus, and now you're using definition of two. And what that means is that, you know, you want to engage with your existing clients, even over new clients turning them in ways into experts that you know them to be to help you build a new revenue and product line so that you can then further serve them for their new needs as they've created their work since you guys have stopped working together temporarily. Mm-hmm. So you could think about inviting Chris and Aaron and Matthias into your, you know, studio where you, pr- you show them a prototype of the game that you've designed for, for their own expert methodologies. Get feedback on that and publicize that to your, you know, to your Twitch audience so that you can then get new experts to come in into your studio in the Twitch um into your studio that's publicized on Twitch that mm-hmm. then lead into then labs for you to actually do the work that you've um you've um created a, a demand for in their uh in these new experts businesses yeah
0: that was beautifully said. <laughs> I mean the other thing too is like uh, I'll let will let you go but I want it here for the transcription was like um like unpacking that process both in unpacking like the games dialectically that already exist in the world that's useful and interesting valuable content but in the same way that I'm doing that like alongside these clients as well as they're externalizing their assumed processes into game form. Um yeah, I guess I guess I'm seeing the value in, that some of this content could provide to an external audience that I wasn't seeing before.
1: Yeah. And I really see this as a marriage of what makes you a really good storyteller to a great game player. Like because what you said to me in one of our walks through um the Brooklyn Bridge Park was that what makes you a great storyteller is your ability to be naive and to, to really be inspired by other people's stories. So I think in the same way that that made you a good storyteller through filmmaking, it makes you a good game designer because you can listen to the games that people are already playing in their expert consulting services. And, um, and then Help them package those in a more, uh, intricate way so that the, the aesthetics, um, of the game, uh, are, are revealed in a new revenue line through the, the, the mechanics and, and, and the dynamics that go on in their minds, which allow them to do the consulting work, but now are captured in a game so that other people can play it, um, as if they're playing, um, you know, an Aaron Dignan or a Matthias or a mm-hmm. or a Chris. So it just seems like a great marriage of the you know the 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 differentiation between you know the roles that you played as a storyteller, from game des- game player to game designer to developmental process consultant. You know, it seems like those. Um, in your, in your, you know, the relationship between your task house and your self house are becoming more clearly, um, delineated. Um, and, and I think stimulus will benefit from how you continue to do that going forward.
0: Yeah. And to kind of put a fine point on this series of labs, like, yeah, this is a beautiful kind of summation or like return to. Clearly, I was expressing through my self house these needs that I hadn't reorganized my org house to, to 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 resolve that. And I think what we've been able to uncover and do is, yeah, you just so beautifully stated, like here's how we can actually integrate those three aspects in a, in a way that makes the organization clear and gives me a clear you know set of tasks and ways of working going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. It yeah. right. feels like a good cycle. It feels like yeah. a, a, a good cycle. I think it was a great cycle, man. Um, yeah, really fun working with you this week. I'm so glad you're back in New York, and I know you're just a neighborhood away. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll be, I'll be here, and we work all next
1: week. So all right, cool. Let's get together. you want to take up now an outcome, let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Cheers, dude. Have a great day.